What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with harmony of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening sky. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea, sing the song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us facing the rising sun of our new day begun. Let us march on till victory is why have you ever found yourself at a space in life where everything that you have known you're now questioning or has come into question like everything that was normal for you no longer seems to make sense and you are still attempting to apply the same tools strategies and techniques to your present moment that have worked in your past. That's okay. It's all right. Listen, I have a podcast I want you to listen to. It's called the What Now Podcast, where we have conversations about effectively addressing life's most difficult or defining moments, all right? We have conversations over there that I believe would benefit you greatly. So I want you to head over to www the what now podcast.me www.thewhatnownpodcast.me hey what's up everybody welcome to transformation radio that's right transformation radio where we transform lives through purposeful conversations regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from merely existing to living a life full of purpose. Now, you might be out there listening, and you're wondering if I'm talking to you. Here's what I want you to do very quickly. We're going to do this quick exercise that I usually do in my workshops or in my coaching sessions or in the webinars now. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. 
One more time. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, if you were able to do that exercise, then yes, I was talking to you. As long as there's breath remaining in your body, purpose yet remains. All right? And I'm glad you tuned in on tonight because I know we're going to talk a little bit about purpose on tonight as well. So, therefore, you'll you'll leave here with greater clarity and direction and insight as it relates to your purpose. Now, I got this question this week. I haven't gotten it in a long time. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it. Somebody wanted to somebody wanted to know what the number four represents in the word transformation. I'm glad you asked. The number four represents the four pillars on which I do everything from ministry to business to my personal life. Number one, educate. I aim to educate in everything that I do. I want to make it fun. I want to make it exciting. I want to make it uh, engaging, but I want you to be educated even greater than you were before you came into my presence. Empower. I want to empower you. Education is a part of empowerment, but when you are empowered, that means you are given the tools, techniques, and strategies that you need in order to be successful in all core areas of your life. And that's what we focus here on focus on here on this radio show. Activate. We want to stir up those gifts, callings, talents, and abilities that are inside of you. We want you to be active. There's no need of educating you and empowering you. And then there's no activation or no action to follow that education and empowerment. So after you've been educated, after after you've been empowered, after you have been activated, then we want to release you. And we talk about releasing in different facets. I always talk about it, you being released in another dimension or another experience of your purpose. If you are gaining greater understanding, then that should unlock some things inside of you and release some things inside of you and release you to live freely in your purpose. So that's what the four stands for in transformation. Uh, you see it in the Transformation Center, Transforming Transformers, or Transformation Radio, okay? Listen, I want to thank you all for being supporters. You guys are amazing. Without you, there would be no show. I always say it. There'd be no purpose for me getting behind this microphone and talking. I'd just be talking to myself. But I, I love, I see how you guys are watching. I get your feedback, and we love it. Continue to send your feedback to info at cliftonpettyjohn.com or 302-648-5544. You can text your feedback there, okay? Also, you heard on the intro, and I apologize for tonight's intro because I don't know what I did, but I did not line the correct intro up. So, But you did hear about my podcast. I want you guys to, when you get a chance, go over and listen to the podcast. It will bless your life. It talks about what now moments. We've all experienced those what now moments where we have classified it as where we feel as if life has hit us from the left, the right, the front, the back, the uh, left side, the right side, the top, bottom. It just hit us all over the place, and we seem to be caught off guard. But we discuss effective ways of facing those moments. Instead of running from those moments or fearing those moments or magnifying those moments, we discuss ways there. So head over to www. 
thewhatnowpodcast.me. But don't head over yet because I want you to hear tonight's show. Okay, we have an amazing guest on tonight. We are about to get to him. Before we do, I have to do my disclaimer. Those who listen all the time, you already know how this goes. The phone lines are open throughout the entire show. Why? Because this is a conversation, and we want you to be engaged in the conversation. So we open the phone line. You can call in with your questions and your comments as it relates to the topics and the subjects that we are covering at the time. Now, here's the reality about this show. And you guys, if you listen, or if you're beginning to listen, you will notice that I have people from all walks of life. That means we have different belief systems, different backgrounds. It's just a diverse community. So that means you are not going to agree with everything that our guests say, and you're not going to agree with everything that I say, you know, and vice versa. However, here, this is a secured environment, a safe space for people to express their beliefs, to express their feelings freely and not be judged because of this. So when you call in, let's keep that in mind. It's okay to disagree. We respect your disagreement. I believe that when we get together and we all don't believe the same, don't think the same, don't walk the same, don't talk the same, then we're introduced even more to the greatness of who God is because we are a diverse, we are diverse people. We are diverse groups. And I believe that diversity many times is to introduce us to something we've never been introduced to before. So when you call in, keep that in mind because if we call in and we're disrespectful, you already know I have to hit the X, but I don't believe we're going to have that on tonight. I believe that everybody is coming with an open heart an open mind and an open spirit ready to listen, learn, and apply what needs to apply to be applied to their personal life. So before I get to the guest, let me hit this one more ad, and then we're going to go right to our guest. Are you thinking of selling or buying your dream home? Then contact Harrison Domerkin, the people's agent. As a licensed realtor in both Delaware and Maryland, Harrison desires to help you sell or buy your home and he promises you that your experience with him will be great call or text him today at 302-260-0659 or email him at harrison domerkent at gmail.com all right we're back now let's get to our guest he is the founder of Never Quit Climbing. Now, that right there, we could have a whole show on Never Quit Climbing. He's also a pastor, an overcoming expert. Now, listen, we all can use a little overcoming expertise in our life as well. And he's an author and speaker. Help me welcome to the show, Gary Sinclair. Gary, how are you tonight, sir? Hello? Gary, are you there? You may still be muted. 
Okay, I'm not sure what's going on. It says he's on the line. Gary, if you're still on the line, uh, do me a favor. Hang up real quick and then call back because we can't hear you. All right. So he's going to hang up and call right back. Um, as I said, y'all, he he's amazing. We're going to do one more commercial while we're waiting for him to call back. Anthony Baker Jr. is the CEO of a nonprofit community organization called Helping the Homeless. As an organization, they are committed to changing lives and making others smile. In addition to providing hands-on services for the homeless community all over Philadelphia, they also have a Big Brothers Mentoring Program where participating youth are taught the value of giving back to their community. To learn more about the organization, call 215-487-8589 or email them at htphphilly at gmail.com. All right, let's try this again, guys. Hello, gang. Hey, you got me now? There we go. Now we can hear you. All right. I don't know. I won't have it. I got cut off once, but that's okay. Glad we got connected. Yeah, that's okay. Listen, that just means we're going to have an awesome and amazing show, so I'm excited about that. That'll work. All right. So, as I told you off the air, I always like to start each conversation with a little icebreaker. I'm going to use the same icebreaker question I always use. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that'll work. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to use the same icebreaker question I always use, and that question is, if you had one superpower or could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Oh, wow. Um, You know, it it would be a little bit uh, selfish at this point. I would love to fly. I, I am a wannabe uh, pilot. Um, you know, I'm still thinking at my age of taking flying lessons. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just love it. I mean, I get up there and I see everything God made, and um, I, that would be a thrill. I would love to do that. Awesome, awesome. I like that. Yeah, that flying would be a great ability to have. Yep. And then you can help people. You do all sorts of fun things. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're going to get into the game. The game always leads into our conversation. I have five words. I'm going to give all you right. one word at a time, and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that word. Now, some sometimes I will ask you to elaborate on it, um, and sure. that kind of we go in and out of the game sometimes during the conversation, but we just go with the flow. Right. All right. So the first word is life. 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 Wow. I think, you know, life is realizing, number one, you're here, and number two, that you have a purpose. You know, life Mm -hmm. is just existence is, uh, you know, to me, sounds like a terrible thing, but a life with a purpose and and meaning uh is it can be awesome even in the middle of your problems. 
Awesome. Now, I'm not going to go into details with that because we're going to come back to that, but that's good right there. Cool. Number two, inspiration. Inspiration. Well, you know, I I, I think inspiration is uh, anytime you see uh, greatness. You know, of course, God's mm-hmm. greatness tops it all. But but I I love you know watching Olympic athletes. I I love what I'm a musician, so I love you know hearing great musicians and so anybody who's worked really hard at what they do and and does something great. Man, that fires me up. And I like what you said because you were basically saying, showing us where you find inspiration from. And I just had a conversation earlier with somebody about allowing them themselves to explore and find inspiration in, you know, the small things in life. Sometimes we think that inspiration has to come from another person or from yep. what we programmed ourselves to believe to uh, be our inspiration, but I believe that there are things that can in- inspire us the more we begin to learn more about ourselves, our creator, and even about life in general. That, that's a great word because I think sometimes we, we don't look for inspiration. You know, we're not looking in, the, mm. like you said, even the small things. And that's, yeah. There's some great things up. And I think we really have to, the time that we're in right now in life. I really believe we have to look at the simple things for inspiration because if not, mm-hmm. it's so easy to see the negative things with with the right. uh, pandemic that's going on and everything else that we have going yep. on. It's so easy. The, the negative things are so magnified that if we don't begin to look for inspiration and, in, you know, some of the small things, it makes our day a little hard or a lot of harder. You bet. Okay. So the next word, you kind of talked about this one in the first word. That's why I said we were going to come back to it. But purpose. Yeah. Um, well, one, everybody has one um, or more. Mm-hmm. Um, even after bad times, uh, you know, I work with people a lot. And sometimes they say, I feel like I lost my purpose because I lost my job. And I go, no, you didn't. You may have a different one right now, but you have a purpose every day. And man, when you get a hold of that, that can get you over a lot of tough, tough times when you realize, you know, I didn't lose everything, even though I lost my job or I'm going through a struggle right now. So let's talk about that just a little bit about purpose and everything, because I always like to hear from different experts uh, their whole philosophy on or or how, I, I guess I'll frame it this way. How did you discover your purpose? Um, I think slowly, <laughs> and 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 I'm not <laughs> sure I've only had one. I think purpose right. change over time. Um, you know, so at this stage of life where we're kind of in our getting in those retirement years, our purpose is a little different right now. You know, we're doing a lot of helping of people in ministry where before we were people in ministry, and and now we're sort of doing both. But you know, purpose is always there, and and you know, there's you have one every day. Um, you know, I, for a while I drove for Lyft uh, for a couple of years. You know, like Uber, and every time I got in my car, God reminded me I had a purpose, and it was to help a person mm-hmm. or a couple of people. I mean, we got together just it was God thing, you know. 
And and so I, even on a day when I feel like, what am I doing? I go, today I know God will show me that I have a purpose to help somebody. So it, it, and it's just, just I, I got to tell you story after story. They're, it's so fun. And that, you talk about inspiration, that's part of it. I love the example you use only because I drive, uh, I door dash every now and then. Oh, well, there you uh, go. And, yeah, and I remember when I first started, you know, in my heaven, you know, just in my prayer time, God telling me, you know, that it was purpose behind that as well and how it, how that, you know, was tied into what he had called and created me to do. And mm-hmm. after I understood that, my prayer is always, you know, God, direct me to those that you desire for me to minister to today. And then when I say minister to, it doesn't mean that I'm just sitting and, you know, j- just right. my conversation yep. with them. Or I've had people tell me, before, well, before we had to wear masks, you know, your smile, I needed your smile today. You don't understand there you what go. your smile did to, for me today. And that's why I always try to make sure that even within myself and, and instilling this in, in the young people that I that I, I mentor and everyone that I encounter, you know, it's the small things that mean so much to a lot of people sometimes. So oh, man. sometimes we got to slow that's... down a little bit Yep, and be and, in and that And we've got to be willing to, yeah, to, to say, hey, I, I got to take time right now uh, with this person. And yeah. it's, it's really fun. Absolutely. Now you talked about a transitional moment that uh, in in your life you were talking about ministry, you know, in that sense where it was a time where it was that you were more or less in the forefront the majority of the time, and now you see yourself helping. How did you handle that transition? Well, I'd love to say I I handled it wonderfully, and uh, I had to <laughs> some of that, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had, there, there were some down times. I still have my moments. And, and that's when I need those, those inspirations. And God just reminds me, um, you know, of why I'm here and what I'm doing. And, you know, take your time and, and, and you're going to be okay. And, um, I, a quick story. I, I did a part of a funeral for a 38 year old guy that used, that went to my church. Mm. Uh, 25 years ago, I also was part of another funeral, his 18-year-old sister. And so Jesus. here's this family who's lost their second son, their second child, uh, you know, uh, just way too early. But anyway, so I went to this funeral. It was just a couple weeks ago. And they asked me to come and just do a little part in it. And the dad caught me and he said, do you want to hear a God story? And I said, well, I need one. And he said, well, here's the deal. He said, do you remember you were on television? I, I did a three-minute spot, kind of the beginning of the COVID stuff, on our Indianapolis uh, CBS station. Well, this mm-hmm. kid who took who lost his life um, was uh, actually incarcerated, and he was sitting in a jail close enough to hear our this TV station the morning I was on. And wow. and it was just this unbelievable that there's no way I could have there's no way that could have happened and that kid needed to hear my voice that day and he did and it was just unbelievable unreal but God reminded me you're you're okay 
And that's so, so powerful because that's why I tell people, I, I explain to people all the time that sometimes we don't realize how things link together. Like we oh, see man. it on movies, like you see it on movies, how things link together. And then as the yep. plot begins to build, it comes together. But sometimes in life, until we have those conversations with individuals, we don't know the work that God is doing behind the scenes. No. So sometimes that's why I tell people, don't get too discouraged because just because you don't see things happening, you know, above ground or out in the forefront, right. he's working on some things behind the scene and underground. Well, here's here's another illustration I use that I really like, and I I do a I do a message on uh, that that ends with the entire audience uh, get taking out a domino that I gave them at the beginning of the service. They had no idea what that domino was for. And I talk about this whole idea of purpose and God, you know, how these God moments and Him using you. And I say, all right, take out your domino. And I I say, listen, uh, off what God wants to do in your life, you're the, you're the first domino of thousands that he has set up, kind of like they do on YouTube, you know, where you see these incredible displays. But he said, all God's asking you to do is knock over the first one. And that's that person you meet. And, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what other dominoes are going to get knocked over. But God does because he's already set up. And so just be thrilled and that you got a chance to knock over the first one and then look for the next one, another one the next one. And I love that picture because then it says, all I, I, I won't see it all. I may not know it all till heaven, but. I can I can see the beginning. Oh, that's powerful. When you look at it, you know, in that sense, because I think that sometimes we want to see it all, but it just may not be yep. meant for us to oh. see it all. Like like you oh. said, our responsibility is just making sure that we do our job to knock down that first domino right after right. us, so that it continues yep. to build. It can continue to build that domino effect as it relates to purpose and life and impact and all of those things. Yep. That's good. All right. So the next word is faith. Faith. Right. Well, you know, the great chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 11, it talks about faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I, <laughs> faith, of course, is um, Believing uh, in something, having reason to believe in something that's bigger than you are. And, of course, mm-hmm. we, our, our faith is in God. But, you know, in Hebrews 11, you got all those people at the beginning who it says, by faith Moses, by faith Abraham, by faith all yeah. these people did stuff. And so we think, well, see then, I guess if I have enough faith, I'm going to have the same results they did. Well, yes. You can, but at the end of that chapter, it also says, but, but these didn't get to see the outcome. They still had faith, Mm -hmm. but man, they, they went through, you know, awful things. I mean, that list is unbelievable. And yet, um, God honored, honored them. God blessed them. God did incredible things, but some of those things it says they never got to see, at least on the, in this life. So, um, Faith is powerful. It, it, faith isn't jumping off a cliff. Faith is saying, I believe. Um, well, let me just put it this way. I'm a mountain guy, and, and of course, my website and all that is never quit climbing. But 
I, I love the mountain illustrations because there are so many good parts, good lessons, and one of them is um, the rope. You know, when you climb mountains, you, you often use rope and you do technical climbing. Well, your faith is that the rope will hold you. Uh, that, that's mm-hmm. one of the big components of, of climbing. And so you go over the side, maybe you're rappelling back down, and you have to say, I'm doing this. I could die if the rope breaks, but I trust the rope. I, I, I know what rope I have, et cetera. So I think a lot of Christians don't ever put themselves in the position where they have to trust the power of the rope. And, man, that's when your faith grows is when you say, hey, God, you don't come through. I'm going to die, so to speak. But that's where you got to right. And And that's when some of the most awesome adventures and, and thrills and blessings and all that take place, I think. That's so true. You you hit something right there that sometimes we don't put ourselves in positions to where we have to trust the rope or, or you know, trust symbolically trust the rope, but trust God. Yep. We always, I know with myself, I, one of the things I always talk, talk to a lot of people about with myself is that I always have a safety net with something. Yeah. And one of the things purpose has taught me is that as long as you operate with that safety net, you're going to stay right there stagnant. (laughs) You know, you're not going to experience anything new. You're not going to, and even as you're talking about climbing, my viewpoint, my vantage point would never change. And I'll still be level with some things that I may have been called to conquer if I'm never willing to take that chance to trust the rope and begin to climb those mountains. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and faith, so faith has to go beyond us. It goes beyond our resources. It goes beyond our, you know, all of that. But man, I'll tell you, I've had some of the greatest thrills, you know, going over the side of a mountain and uh, getting to the bottom and going, I want to do that again. You know, I call it exhilarating terror. It's, it's the way we ought to live, you know. <laughs> we're, we're scared, but we're, we're exhilarated when it's all done because God's rope helps, you know. Awesome. Now let's talk about that naturally as well. With how many years have you been climbing mountains? Well, I I I started when I was uh, let's see, uh, eleven. I I did my first. My parents took us out west a lot, and I was so thankful for that. And we did a, we tried to do a mountain called Long's Peak. My dad and I got sick, so we went back down. My mom went back up with some friends and finished it. And I said, I'm going to do that mountain someday. And 30 years to the day, almost, I did it with my son, and that was really oh, awesome. amazing. So I, I kind of got started there, and then I started doing some sport climbing. Um, before I got a little too old to be doing that. Um, but we, my wife and I, we still love to hike, and the uh, mountains are one of our favorite places. Awesome, awesome. Now, when you started, uh, you talked about you got sick. Are, are there different breathing techniques that you have to have, you know, the higher altitudes that you reach, or is there something yeah, that we, you uh, prepare yeah, for? Yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. And it's a great illustration. You know, we we were doing mountains that are fourteen thousand feet high. You know, I've done I think wow. nine in Colorado, and um, did several with my son and a couple with my daughter, and finally one with my wife. And uh, 
yeah, when you get up above 12,000 feet, I mean, particularly when you live where we live, you know, we're off, we're kind of down near sea level, man, it, it gets, gets harder. And that's a great lesson to, you know, I, I tell people, look, you, you, you've been going through this struggle for a long time. And, the, and you're, I know what you're saying. You're saying, why is it harder now? And I say, well, think about a mountain. It's harder nearer the top because you're exhausted. Mm. You've maybe hiked in elevation for hours and hours and hours, and the air's thinner. So sometimes that's the way it is. You know, it, it, it's harder as you get nearer the top, but it's worth it. And my little second part of my never quit climbing mantra is it never quit climbing. The view from the top is worth it. And but you you got to go through some of that hard stuff uh, to get there. So yeah, we, we have breathing techniques. We um, you know we're, we take our time. We acclimatize. That's another thing you have to do in the mountains. You don't just fly out to Colorado and walk up a trail and and go to fourteen thousand feet. You you get sick. Uh, Mount Everest they do. That's why they do base camps and Camp One and Camp Two and all that because because of, of that. So um, yeah. Really important to be prepared. And I like how you, you, as you were just talking about all of that, my head just was just spinning, like not spinning in a bad way, but spinning with even the thoughts of, you know, relating that to our spiritual walk, even some of the emotional oh things that, that we go through. Like we're so busy sometimes trying to get to the top <laughs> that yep. we're not even exactly. enjoying the process and, and, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves through the process so that when we get to the top, we're able to handle, you know, the, the thinner air and to handle everything that comes along with it so we can enjoy the view, you know, from the well, top. So, yeah, yeah that, I like that. I like, well, I that's, like how that's you're a taking great, that. That's a great reminder yeah, because, um, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, my wife had cancer 15 years ago, and that was what where we began to really learn the principles and um when when we found out that she had cancer it was like mount everest um mm-hmm. and and we learned fairly quickly that you don't climb a mountain by looking at the summit you climb a mountain by taking the next part of the trail and uh, <clears throat> and that that was huge for us because you know we started hearing about surgeries and all this stuff and finally god i i i know god said practically audibly to us, listen, slow down. All you have to do is get through the next part of this trail. I've got the whole deal, but you just get up the next part of the trail. And so it took our that our mountain and brought it down to size. And 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 if there's a principle that I would tell people to live with as you face your own personal mountain, that's number one. Um, just get up the next part of the trail. And because that's how you climb a mountain. In fact, you you hit on it. What does scripture say? It says, "Walk in the walk in the light. Walk, mm-hmm. in the, you know, walk by faith." It's it, it's largely a walk. I mean, I know there are references to running with you know here and there, but those are a little different context. I think. I think the big picture is walk, and and God honors that, and it gives us enough light, you know, to get up the next part of the trail. But man, that is a big. That that's huge. That um, mm. 
that right there in and of itself, that number one principle you gave can hold us for a little while because, <laughs> you know, that is, is a lot of our distraction. A lot of our distraction, sure. I, I tell people a lot of times, is even especially as visionaries, one of the things that I had yep. to understand about being a visionary is that sometimes I'm so focused on the big picture that I'm uh-huh. missing the little details that are needed to develop the big picture. So that right there yep. can carry us through for a while right there. Yep. Yeah. That was yeah, good. That's- that's number one. Awesome. Now we have one more word before we continue with the conversation, and that word is transformation. Oh wow. <laughs> well, I I love that in in, in your uh, your program and, and that you, you put that high on the list. You know, to me, uh, we we even in the Christian world, we have a lot of information and not nearly enough transformation. Um, to me, transformation is 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 the so what of 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 our information. It's the well, wait, how how does this change us? You know, as a speaker, a pastor, and, and leadership trainer, and all that. One of the things I tell people that I'm teaching about speaking is, you've got to have a part of your message that says what. How does this matter? How does this change you? What can you do to to literally uh, be different as a result of this? And of course, Romans twelve two says that transformation is more than information. It's, it's our mind, it's our soul, it's, it's us being changed on the inside as well as the outside. Um, so, uh, to me, that's what the the whole Christian life is about. Is it? It's about First John chapter. Too, that says someday we'll be like Christ. So the whole deal is become like Christ during during this life, and and we don't do it perfectly. You know, we're still human, but that's what God wants to do in us. And sometimes that transformation takes place through hard things, um, difficult times. Yeah, uh, you know, you get stronger. You 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 get you you're a better pastor or a better teacher or a better husband or a better wife because you went through some kind of tough time. Um, so you know, and you and you know as well as I do, Scripture says that's the case. Absolutely, absolutely. And now let's talk um, your story. Let's let's be, begin to dive into your story. Uh, on the show, yep. I kind of like to show people, because sometimes I don't read bios, as you see. I post the bios <laughs> on the website, but I don't read them, only because sometimes bios can be a little intimidating. And a lot of yep. people that listen yep. to the show are people that feel like, you know, I'll never be able to attain that. So here I kind of like uh, for our guests to give, like, the back end of their story and how they became you know, who it is that they became so that it can connect with our listening audience and they can realize, wait a minute, they're experiencing some of the same things I experienced, so there is hope for me. So let's talk yeah. about the early the early parts of your story. How did you, where did you start, and how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, well, I, I had great, uh, not perfect, but I had uh, Christian parents, who were, you know, 
you know, gave us as many opportunities as they could. We didn't have a lot. Uh, we went on those vacations to the mountains. You know, I think the first one I did in the mountains was when I was in the second or third grade. And uh, but, I, but I loved it. And uh, so I was really thankful for that. Um, they, my dad was a pretty good musician, and so I got into music as well and uh, went on to to, uh, to college and grad school, and I met a really awesome lady who I've been married to for 44 years. And uh, awesome. we have came, we together um, both loved the Lord and said we, we want to serve. And so we taught for a while, and then for a good number of years uh, in our different ministry roles, and many of them together, we, we serve people. You know, again, we want to help people. She works with moms in the MOPS program and some other kinds of things. She loves helping uh, women, and now she's helping, you know, pastors and missionary wives, and along with me. Um, I've been to Russia 19 times uh, for wow. ministry, and, and she's gone with me for those. And so I think one of the cool things for us is that we – we we've grown and become by doing ministry together, and of course we can parents together. We have two two grown kids and six grand boys uh, that are really fun. <laughs> and, 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 however, in the middle of all that, um, we went through her cancer journey. Uh, we had just climbed a mountain. Ironically, it was her first one that she'd ever gone to the summit on. We did not know she had cancer, and um, three months later was diagnosed with stage three colorectal cancer, and went through surgeries and chemo's and radiations and all of that. And but but we grew like crazy during that. Um, it was hard. This one is probably probably the hardest thing we've had to go through together. Um, but man, uh, it was out of that that God won. I just wrote this book last year, but the story, we have been telling the story for 15 years and helping other people. We've worked with people who have cancer. Um, we've been, you know, able to help people along the way of that, but also help, helping other people just overcome other stuff, you know, marriage issues and finance stuff. But using these principles, not as easy answers, but just as, Hey, a guideline. Give them a little bit of hope that you can make it. We we used this. I did this once on a mountain. We were my wife and I were hiking, and we didn't think we were getting anywhere. And I finally said, "Look, I'm going. Let me go up ahead and see uh, if we can make it." And sure enough, I went ahead, and it was still very steep. But I I came back and I said, "Look, we're gonna we're not far." She she's told that story. She said, "You know what? That's what." we do we tell people we have been up this mountain and we tell them you can make it sometimes we walk with them sometimes we point out hazards but we go before them and and that's really something that we continue to do and and but we got there through people who helped us and um, things we learned along the way First, I love the team concept. I don't see much. I don't see enough of that anymore. I love yeah. the husband and wife team. The ministry I grew up in, 
my pastors were a husband and wife team. I love that. I love yeah. the whole concept. Um, that's number one. Number two, your illustration about going before instead of trying to say, come on, let's go. We can do it. We can do it. You know, I love that too because you set an example of going before to know that you can make it. And I feel like sometimes I don't see enough of that anymore. And it may just be where I'm at or, or the experiences that I've had, but I love that part of it. But I also want to talk about, you talked about how you went to Russia 19 times. Yeah, how was that culture-wise with ministry and <laughs> you know just in everyday life? How was the culture there versus here? And then how did that help that experience help you in ministry and in your personal life? Sure. Well, let me first say that I never dreamt that I would spend that that I would spend the kind of time I've spent over over there when I grew up. You know. Um, we were we were hiding under our desk in school, preparing for you know bombing, because right. that's what we all thought was going to happen. So you know that was the enemy, and and God again, it was just a God thing where through a variety of connections, I was able to go. Our church started a, a, a sister church relationship there, and then I began to teach, and now we're doing some things with pastors. And in fact, part of our pastor ministry is with is in Russia. I do Skype or a Zoom meeting every Saturday with a Russian pastor, and we've got several others we work with. Um, what what it's done for me is to let me know that you know the whole world doesn't worship like America. <laughs> you know the mm. whole world doesn't do church like we do church. Um, and and you know that's true here too. We have different cultures and different styles, right, and, right. and that's okay. But I tell you, I every time I go and and I get to watch uh, these people who, for many many years, had no access. You know, now we have the internet and they get they get to listen to you know worship and gospel music and, and all that kind of thing that they never got before. Um, wow, and to hear them now sing and, and and worship because they're they are so thankful for what they have. I mean that that just knocks it just kills me. It kills me in a good way. I, I mean I got I'll have tears coming down my cheeks the moment I hear wow. it start, just because I, I go I can see in, in their face how thankful they are. I can see when you give them a Bible, um, they they have more access to that now, but they're still at that place where it's precious to them. They they don't want to lose it. They don't you know it it. It's in their language. Uh, they hear a song now in their language. Uh, um, it, it, oh, I, and I've gotten to take other leaders with me, and, and sometimes a lot of what we do is we just sit there and listen to them, and they share their heart, and they have their struggles, and we just try to give them hope, not not easy answers, but uh, give them hope that they can learn. Right. And so, yeah, I'm still. I'll be going back as soon as. You know, we can the the, the culture and, and the circumstances are such that we can go. I'm hoping maybe in the fall. I don't know. We'll see. I was there last. Got you. Yeah, I'm sure that's an amazing experience. I always uh, encourage on on the show. I talk about uh, experiencing other cultures so that 
I think sometimes it causes us to value what we sometimes have oh, become man. so accustomed to that we might take for granted. So I always push that. That's why I wanted to ask that question. Well, and here's the other thing. With the Internet, with Zoom and Skype and all, we've got open doors into these countries. We don't, you don't have to go 19 times. You know, it's, right. I, I love the opportunities I have, but, but I'm, I'm, I do most of my work now on a Zoom call. I was, I was, had a Zoom call with Russian pastors. It was 7 o'clock in the morning for me here today. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon for the ones in Moscow, and it was 9 o'clock at night for those in eastern Russia, and we were having a, a conversation. Mm. How cool is that? I mean, that's, yeah. that's just miraculous today. It is awesome how, how much technology has advanced. And I tell uh, I believe that we have to learn how to use the advancement of technology in a more positive manner. And you're using an example of how it can be used in the positive yep. for ministry, for business, for all of those things. So that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. So now let's talk about the book. Well, I see you've written more than one book, but I want to talk about the Never Quit Climbing book. Yep, you bet. Um, because that seems to be the whole concept of your ministry and everything that you, you present. Um, I like that from a marketing standpoint. I really like that, the whole mountain concept with everything. So how well, you did you Cliff decide? Cool. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to tell you what's cool about that is that I get to speak in businesses. You know, they'll they'll say, "Hey, our our people struggle with overcoming. They've got can, so can you yeah. come in and talk about that?" So you know that's that's what it's it's very flexible. You know, it it there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of people who are interested. So I appreciate you mentioning. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. It, it like it speaks. It has no language barrier. Right. That concept of overcoming has no language barrier because we all have personal things that we're going through, or businesses corporately that they're going through, ministry, the challenges that you know yep. ministry can go through, especially now with with the pandemic and a lot of people having to learn how to to broadcast over the internet and and adjust the ministry that way it really speaks right. to the masses that's why I was like it's like so awesome in that concept so how did it become a book did you always know you were going to be an author or was it something that <laughs> you got inspired to do and just started doing it yeah, I, I started writing a little bit at a time. If you would have talked to my 10th and 11th grade English teacher, she would have been horrified to think of me as an author. But uh, she actually <laughs> she actually helped make me one, so I'm thankful for that. Oh, yeah, I awesome. started, you know, I, I I think the issue is communication. You know, I'm a musician and I was a pastor and I love to speak. I think writing was just the natural for me. Uh, putting this down on paper, I started saying the same things over and over, you know, in counseling and whatever. Mm -hmm. So my first couple of books were kind of short and sweet. One one's called Turn Up or Turn Around Your Marriage, another's called Turn Up or Turn Around Your Parenting. They were just real practical, kind of 100-page long things. Um, but 
yeah, never quit climbing has been in my mind for for years, um, since particularly since Jackie's cancer. Though I've used that phrase for a lot of years, um, and but yeah, I turned it into a website, and and people seem to resonate with it. And uh, but I wanted to put these principles down on paper uh, that we we used and and that got us through her cancer. Uh, I, let me give you one more quick one because this is really high on the list, and that's um, never climb alone. Uh, you know, mm. you are you are foolish on a real mountain to be up there by yourself because you get hurt, you fall, uh, whatever. Um, if you remember Aaron Ralston, the guy who had to cut off his arm years ago in 2005 in Utah because it, it got caught behind a boulder, but he's by himself. And is an amazing story. He lived, um, and he's you know telling his story. But I I use him as an example and say you know if if he hadn't been alone, there's a good chance he'd still have his arm. Um, and the same way is true in whatever mountain we're facing. You know, it's good to have somebody yeah. with you who's going to either walk with you. You sometimes you need somebody to kick you in the tail and say, mm-hmm. look, keep going. I, I in the book I talk about how to pick your your people who climb, your fellow climbers, as I call them, you don't always want your best friend because sometimes your best friends are too nice. And you need somebody who's nice, but hey, we'll, we'll say, come on, come on, let's, let's, let's do this. Um, so that's, that's another huge one. My wife had a gal who would take her to many of her chemo appointments, um, drove her in the winter in their car with the, heated seats and all that cool stuff and she had cancer herself that was 15 years ago mm. they said her cancer was terminal she's still alive but um it's a awesome. wonderful story but but she was one of those people that my wife needed to climb with her because she understood the climb she she got it uh, she'd been there so you know that's that's the kind of things that i wanted to put on paper and um so I, that's those those are the you know, we talk about what to put in your backpack, you know, in the, and on a mountain, you know, it's a practical thing. But there's some, some emotional and some practical things when we're climbing a personal mountain we need to put in our backpack. So those are the kind of things that are in the book. And I tell a lot of stories. I give a little of our background, and I keep it really interesting that way, I hope. Awesome, awesome. That was one more thing that you had said. I'm looking over my notes. As you're talking, I'm taking my notes here. Sure. Now, music-wise, you said you were a musician. What instruments do you play? Yeah, I play keys and uh, bass. Um, okay. My keys are better than my bass. Um, um, okay. But, yeah, I, I used to be a worship leader for when I was uh, starting out in church. I still play in the band when they need me. You know, I'll jump in and um I, you know, right now it's cheaper than therapy, the way I look at it. So, um, but <laughs> I, I love I love playing, and uh, so it's it's just been a really great part of my life. And I wrote songs for my kids when they were up until when they were twelve. They got a song every birthday, and that was that was sort of fun. okay. Awesome, awesome. Now you also said you and your wife did did do marriage counseling as well. Uh, Am I we, we do some of that mostly. Mostly, mm-hmm. right now we're doing that. Actually, this weekend we're 
going to Kentucky to do a marriage retreat. But um, mm-hmm. most of that we do kind of informally now. I used to do it as part of my job, and she would often work with wives. But we do work with pastors who are struggling because often when the pastor is struggling, you know, the, the man, there's a spouse right. struggling. And so right, right now that's a lot of what she does, as well as helping just young moms both with marriage and being a parent. Now I want to ask you a question about marriage because I think you said y'all have been married 47 years? 44. 44, okay. 44 years. What the mentality of marriage kind of seems to have changed um, over the years. What are some changes that you have seen as it relates to, or maybe this is just me, uh, that have seen some changes, but what are some changes that you have seen concerning people's mindset concerning marriage? Well, I've, I've seen a movement towards uh, more attention on the kids than the marriage. And let me tell you, I love mm. my kids. I couldn't be more proud of them. Uh, our, my, our son, just to brag a little bit, our son right now is in the bubble in Orlando, and he's one of the uh, public address announcers that was picked to all the NBA games. And oh, man, awesome. couldn't be much, much more proud of that. Our daughter's wonderful mom, and talk to her, and they're, they're just doing great things. So I'm very proud. However, um, our kids growing up saw my wife and I every week. Uh, set aside a day or a partial day for us. Uh, and if, if mm-hmm. I were to pick the one thing that has helped us get through 44 years, it's that we make time for each other. Um, and, yeah. you know, we it, sometimes we did it on very little money and we would trade babysitters with somebody and you know, so we could get the kids watched for free. Uh, sometimes it was just a quick breakfast on a Saturday morning, but you know, most of the time over the years, we've we've had a whole day that's ours. Um, some weeks it's just you know going and running errands, but we do them together. Other days we almost always have a meal together. It's not the only time you know we're together, but it's it's we we just know we've made that commitment to each other, and there's something good about that. There's there's something that builds trust that says, hey, you you matter to me. I'm willing to give you that kind of time. Uh, that's what we do. Um, and it's, I, I've, but I've seen that where people, it's like they don't have time. It's like, I, I, yeah, I love you. Of course we're married, but we don't, we don't even take vacations together sometimes or we don't get away. And I, I just think that's, that's tragic. Um, I, I wrote a, I just wrote another book and not to, advertise that but it's called now and i love your work oh, yeah. now that's in some of your stuff because it's based <laughs> on that Luke nine where everybody says hey but first i gotta go do this and before i gotta go do that before mm-hmm. i can follow jesus well i think that's i call it the someday syndrome that we kind of live in that that yeah i'll do that someday someday i'll spend more time mm-hmm. with my wife someday we'll take vacations man i i just think that's a mistake um you don't can't do everything, but don't put everything off, particularly with your spouse, uh, to the future and say, well, it's, I got to get the kids through school. You know, we got to get the kids through all their clubs and all their activities. Yeah, let your kids, obviously we sacrifice for our kids, but, but we 
can't sacrifice our marriage. And that's, to answer your question, that's the thing I think I've seen the most of. People just kind of put their marriage on the back burner. I've noticed that. I, I, I always call it um, they the relationship has been taken out of the concept of yep. marriage, like the dating. We don't date anymore. We we're barely in the house. And if we see, if you look at it now with uh, the pandemic, we've seen a rise mm-hmm. in uh, divorce and those who may have been engaged or those who are dating each other are finding out, I don't want to be with you. I don't yeah. like you. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm laughing about it, but I, I know the seriousness of it, but I always say it's because sometimes we've gotten so caught up in, I'm, I'm divorced. So I know that I think my mindset was more along the idea or the concept of marriage versus mm-hmm. the actual relationship and growing in the developing together and being that unit together. So that's why I wanted to ask, yep. you know, what what was it that you had you and your wife had seen, you know, during your times of being married and, and married and encountering other couples. So, yeah, well that's one of them. Yeah, I know, I didn't want to go too deep into it cuz we could start a whole nother show on that. Um <laughs> And we've actually talked ourselves off the air. I didn't even know if you realized that we had talked ourselves off the air. I just but, saw that. So. Uh, be- yeah, the, the, the conversation goes so fast, though. That's why I tell people. Some people say, I can't fill a whole hour. Well, it's right. easy once you get going. But I want to hit you with these three questions uh, before I let you go. Again, I thank you for coming on tonight sure. and sharing so freely. Uh, with our listening audience. But the first question I always like to ask everybody is, if, because you've given us a lot over this time, uh, this time frame. So I'd like to ask if everyone forgot everything that you said tonight, what would be mm-hmm. one thing that you would want them to walk away with? Well, I would, I would go back the my my first point about the mountain that whatever you're facing, we all face tough stuff. You know, uh, like I said, we our little joke about marriage is we've been married 44 years and it's been 38 of the happiest years of our life. You know, um, <laughs> well, the whatever people are facing, financial mountain, a relationship mountain, an illness mountain, or, you know, a job mountain. Um, just get through the next thing. Um, find out what the next part of the trail is and go after it. And and let God walk you through that. Get up that. And you will feel like, you know what? I, I We've made progress. There, there is hope for me. Because one of the things I tell people on a mountain is when they say, I don't think I can make it to the top, I say, turn around. And the first thing that we do is we turn around and we look and we realize, look at all the what we've come up. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can make this, but it, it's going to be hard. But let's just get up the next part of the trail. You know, sometimes it's 10 more steps, then that's what you do. So you can't remember anything else. Use that one. Awesome. Now, number two, 
on the show, we like to honor or recognize what we call transforming transformers. And transforming transformers are individuals who have committed their life to their own personal transformation, yet they've also devoted time to assisting in the transformation of others. So they're like mentors, pastors, friends, Mm -hmm. family members, those that have been there in the background pushing us and encouraging us and telling us you can do this. And like you said earlier, having sometimes having to nudge us and say, come on, you got to get it together. Are there, do you yeah. have two or three people that you would like to acknowledge that have been there uh, over your lifetime and different trans uh, transitions of your life through different transitions of your life that have been transforming transformers to you? Yeah, you bet. By name? Can I mention them by name? Sure. Or just you want to hear mm-hmm. about them? Uh, you can give their name if you want to say a small thing about them. That's fine as well. Well, yeah, well, I, or I'll give first name. One, one is one is Jim. Uh, Jim, I, I actually played piano for Jim, phenomenal singer. Um, but he and I went to college together, and we actually started in ministry together, and uh, you know, room together, and went through the challenges of, um, you know, a new ministry out in Long Island, New York, and uh, you know, we have stayed friends for a lot of years, and. Jim has just always been there. I don't see him a lot anymore, but we we still connect. And when we get back together, it's just like old home week, and it's that's really good. Uh, uh, he's one. Um, another would be a guy named uh, Ed Frazier. Uh, Ed was my boss for years in Austin, Texas, and uh, I, you know I couldn't uh, man. There, that was a guy I could walk into his office anytime, and uh, man, he would not only listen to me, but then he would also challenge, and he would ask me the best questions I've ever been asked. I mean, they were so good, they were so real, they were so practical, and so those two guys, and I still stay in touch a little bit with him, and uh, they're awesome. I, I, I just need people like that, and I now I have some new ones, but uh, they're, I'm just getting to know them. Awesome, awesome. He has given us so much information on tonight. I pray that we will take that information and apply it to our own personal life. I love how he relates climbing natural mountains with actually, you know, our spiritual journey. He even talked about our finances. He talked about a lot of different things. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the conversation. I'm not sure if he'll be able to call back in because we are off the air, but I want you guys to connect with him on all of his social media platforms. You can look for him just by typing in Gary Sinclair. That's G-A-R-Y-S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R. Look for him on all social media platforms, and then I want you guys to head over to Amazon and purchase his book. Never quit climbing, overcoming life's seemingly insurmountable. Well, I got to click it to get the rest of it. <laughs> insurmountable mountains. I want you guys to hit over and purchase your own personal copy of the book. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. 
another amazing interview. I want you guys to, as I say, connect with him, connect with him, connect with him. I'm going to go purchase the book myself. But we're back here on Friday night. It's our last show of July. Then in August, guys, we're closing out season two of Transformation Radio. Who would have thought, yo? I just keep getting excited about that because who would have even thought that we would have even had a episode one of Transformation Radio, let alone now finishing out season two? And listen, we're going out with a bang, yo. Uh, August is about to be crazy, so you better get ready for it. I'm telling you now. And I think that's everything. As I said, hit over, check out the What Now Podcast, guys, www.thewhatnowpodcast.me. I want you guys to check out the latest episode. I had an interview with a gentleman that wrote a book about overcoming uh, his father committed suicide, but he's taken everything that he's experienced from that, and God is using him amazingly. Also, don't forget, check out my book, From Stagnation to Transformation. Visit www.cryptopettyjohn.com. You're going to find the information about the book. You're going to get a free sample of the book, a complimentary sample of the book. I want you to read the sample, and then I want you to invest in your now to produce the future that you desire or the future that's connected to your purpose, all right? So hit over and do that. As I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision.